Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep for Israel. Joel O'Connor, Dennis Dick with us, with you. As always, uh, a little bit of a quiet day today. Earnings on the docket, of course, uh, Intel, uh, Discover, E-Trade, uh, Atlassian, American Express, to name a few. Big story of the day, though, is probably two big stories. Uh, the continued spread of the coronavirus implications now for Disney. We'll talk about that. And Broadcom, AVGO, got a big deal with Apple so we'll talk about both those stories. Those will be our lead stories of the day. Uh, our guest today is Evan Schnidman. He is the founder and CEO of Prattle. They are a uh, text analytics company. They look through transcripts of earnings calls and uh, Fed statements, central bank statements, and they tell us how bullish or how bearish those statements are. He would join us at 8.35. In the meantime, you can always join our chats on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com and give us a call if you want during the show. After the show, 734-494-0246. Joel, what is the word here overnight? Oh, the correction is over. The correction was yesterday. The correction is over. Back up. We came roaring back. Had extremely strong close yesterday. Immediate follow-through on that 6 p.m. open. Pre-market high, 33.37 even. All-time high made on Wednesday, 33.37.50. There's your first target on the upside. After that, absolutely no resistance at all. Crude in the red by 18 cents at 55.41. Gold down 7.50 at 15.57.90. Let's call uh, silver flat here at 17.83. And Bitcoin, that's up $80. The futures at 84.50. Dennis, were you able to add to your portfolio on yesterday's uh, full-out correction? Mm, it was a big sell-off in some of the stocks, but no, I wasn't adding yesterday. But I will tell you, there was a good rip and rebound there and win. Good rip and rebound in Las Vegas Sands. All the casino stocks, obviously, the cruise lines ripped back from those lows. Props to Mark Chaikin, who's talking about Carnival Cruise Lines, buying that on the dip. Well, I ended up closing green marks. So it was a good call by you yesterday. The airlines really bounced back. I mean, Air, American Airlines got hit right in the morning along with everything else, which we anticipated might happen. But then they just turned around and started buying them. And they started buying everything to do uh, with the fears of the disease not being, uh, maybe the market wasn't as fearful all of a sudden. So they were buying all those stocks that were getting hit on the illness. And they just kept buying them pretty much all day. So overnight, we get more confirmed cases here, Spencer. And I don't know if you have the numbers, but I think it's up over 800 now. Um, But the market is, again, even over in China, shrugging it off now because we're actually green over there. So maybe the market is now not worried. I mean, S&Ps seemed like they were never worried about it, but we obviously had a few stocks that were getting hit. What are the confirmed cases now? Uh, 26 confirmed deaths, over 830 uh, confirmed cases. And there are now travel uh, limits uh, or bans in place that cover a range of 35 million people. Um, so it's getting worse before it gets better. 
And they closed. Disney did close their Shanghai yeah, Park. Yeah, this one seems obvious in, in hindsight. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I had thought of it uh, to mention it this earlier this week. But Disney did announce they're closing uh, their Shanghai Park indefinitely uh, until this virus spread gets under control. And we've also got news that, uh, and I just grab you the headline here uh, from the pro, the Macau government considers shutting down casinos as concerns about the virus continue to grow. So you have the potential that they might actually shut the casinos down here now too. Again, you're seeing the casinos trade down slightly on this. This is going to probably be a temporary thing. I mean, Wynn has actually rebounded and now turned green. So, but it was trading down significantly earlier this morning. Um, I think you got by the dippers lurking in these things now because you had such a rip and rally yesterday. People who were short mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, it's really going to get going here. And I mean, you can't look at the short interest and stuff. These are temporary shorts, people shorting from the last couple of days. So you're squeezing those people a bit. And I think on the pullbacks now, I think you're going to find those shorts scrambling to cover. So I don't, I think, you know, the temporary low is in in a stock like Wind Resort. It's easy to say it's 133.50, the low yesterday, it's up at 139. So it's significantly off it. But if we get down there and test, you know, that's a big level for it now. Las Vegas Sands, same story. Go to yesterday's low. If you pull back a little bit on fears here, I think there's buyers below. So you know what? On dips here, I'm interested. I wasn't interested yesterday, but that candle changes everything. Yeah, it took it. We're like Jeremy Newsom now. We look at a candle and we're like, hey, you know, this uh, this candle stuff, and I, that candle changed everything. <laughs> we uh, The American Airlines must have found a big seller off the open and knocked it down to 26. And I saw it trading the mid-27 handle. And I was, you know, and I knew that that number was up there at 28. I took my eye off it. Boom, it cleared out those pair of highs at 28 and then close strong so uh big range big uh big reversal day do we want to take a look at some of the you know just a real quick throw a chart up there of the uh of the coronavirus index here uh did we of the stocks we looked oh, at the stocks. yeah 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 do you have a chart of it throw it up there um well, the, no. there is no index but you're referring to like the individual name sure like lake or apt or AEMD, I mean, there's, we got... We well, got Spencer any- gave us 10 names yesterday. Yeah. I, I think I think the majority of those now, like Lake trading up here this morning, and you're seeing, you know, the market rebound, China rebound. You got Lake up because it's more confirmed cases. In my opinion, I think Lake is now, and the, the easy money's been made. I think I think the path least resistance is down. So I, 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 if I own Lake, I'd be selling it. If you owned Lake, okay. If but, I owned Lake right now, I'd be selling it. I okay. mean, and that, I, what maybe, and it, it all depends. I mean, if the virus really blows up and gets way worse, then Lake's going to go a lot higher. So I'm not shorting it. But if you were sitting in here at 11, 12, and you think this is going back up to 15, 16, I don't think it's going there today. Maybe stuff happens over the weekend, maybe it gets worse. But from the trading action today, I'm actually very surprised that Lake is up 5.5%. Well, what about a stock that is uh, not stopped going up like INO? See, I don't know the individual stories here yet either, and I right. know is up substantially as well. Is like, is this just a pure play on the, the current? How do you say the current nota? How do you, how do you say the word? Corona, like, like the beer. Coronavirus. Dennis. Well, it's not. It's not the corona. It's not. It's exactly said corona, like the beer. I thought I, it was coronota or something. I thought it was corona, but we can call it. It's easy. Corona. That's how it's spelled. I got a great setup for here for your Lakeland industry traders. Great setup here. Uh, you had well, the high of the move when they got real excited, uh, 1540. 
But what has to happen here is you got a pair of highs, thirteen seventy five and thirteen ninety seven. Boom! You're going to be oh, if things stay where they are right now, you are opening up into that area. So at the fourteen, it's just going to be a big level the whole day. You clear out fourteen. I don't think you're going to immediately race to fifteen forty because you got uh, you know you got people stuck from uh, from Tuesday trading on that. But you clear fourteen. You hold it for a while, you know, you open up, you clear 14, that opens up on the inside, on the upside. On the downside, you know, you miss. This is the resistance. It's resistance. That's what I'm You're saying. You're opening into resistance. It is three tops here, so maybe it takes it out. But just using, you know, you can look at technical analysis, but I love to throw the fundamentals in with the mix. Sure. And you look at the relationships here, and you see, well, the casinos aren't down very much today, and they almost look like they want to, you know, go up again. With the rebound yesterday, with the markets trading higher, with China not down on more confirmed cases, it's telling me that maybe, uh -huh. you know, that, that I don't want to be long these stocks that are, you know, a direct play on the virus. So I just, 1380, I mean, the stock is still up substantially. It's not at the highs, but that was maybe a blow off top when it got up over $15. But I, I think I'd be a seller. Okay. All right. That's what, uh, you that's know, my that's opinion. Just an opinion. I, just I don't an own opinion. the position, but I just look at it and I think I, I, I'm actually surprised trading up five and a half percent. All right. Are there any other ones that have interesting charts here? Do you want to move on? We got some big earnings announcements. Uh, well, what the, do you only, the only other one that it has that it hasn't given back its gains uh, is Alpha ProTech APT. It's mm -hmm. the only one of the, of the ten that we gave you yesterday that right that, near that, the highs that, too. That really is right near the highs. Yeah. Oh, that's hmm. a nice setup too. If you you got a stop out point, even I mean these things are so so thin, so it could like go up to five sixty five seventy. And then trip you out there too. So it's hard. You got to give them some room. They're going to be wild. I mean, it's got 10 cent spread here in the pre-market. So it is thin, but it's 350 to 550. Things are all up on a virus. If all of a sudden they start to get this thing in control, those things will come crashing down to earth in a hurry. So it's a play. If you're buying it here, you think this disease is going to get out of hand. That's what you're saying by buying all these stocks right now. If you think they're going to get it in check, then all these things are sales. That's it's a pure play. Both all these are pure plays on the disease. Yeah, and I think the travel ban is now on uh, forty million of their population here. And then, aren't aren't they? Uh, they have a holiday. Is the Lunar New Year this weekend or yeah, whatnot? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. So, so. all right, FX. It's going to be an interesting weekend. It's going to yeah, be an interesting weekend. I don't want to be long or short anything things in the weekend because we don't know what the headline's going to come. If it blows up and, you know, they double the corona, I guess it is called coronavirus. If it, if it's, uh, if it doubles over the weekend, you know, maybe all these things rip it again. So it all depends on how many uh, people are going to get this virus over the weekend, how many more confirmed cases. It's going to go up, but if it doesn't go up a lot, then, you know, that's probably bad news for these stocks that are playing on it. So, All right, let's hit these the, are the uh, virus. The this is the virus trade. Yep. Uh, let's, uh, let's hope that uh, it subsides over the weekend and um, back to normal. So far, market is shrubbing it the off. Market, like the market, like the S&Ps have never been worried about this. So you got to consider that too. You know, okay. We have not really sold off. Yes, we sold off a little bit yesterday morning, but they bought it right back again. So over here, they have never been concerned about this. If it starts showing up in the U.S., S&Ps will get more concerned. All right, let's go to uh, Broadcom here. This is probably the big, the big news of the day uh, outside of earnings is that uh, Broadcom, uh, there's two headlines here. One of them is that they announced two separate deals with Apple 
that uh, could generate. The, the bottom line is uh, they're for their supply deals that could generate future revenue for Broadcom of about $15 billion. The other headline is that Corvo and Skyworks are reportedly in a bidding war for one of Broadcom's chip units. So two good headlines here this morning for AVGO. Stocks right up at the all-time high. It's been trading here for a while, so it is a significant level. With that being said, there's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of good news on this. So yep. I could see either way. I could see this thing just ripping through it. I think it probably makes a new all-time high to you know, definitely shake out anybody who's going to lean on it. Um, that's, that's my opinion. Um, the question is, does it hold up or does it come back down through it? 330 is your level. So if you're on the bull train, you're buying up here, you do not want to see this thing open up at 331, go to 332, and then start crashing down through 330 because that would be the signal that they might bring this in a little bit. You want to see it gap and go. That's um, if you're bullish. So, And I can't tell you which scenario is going to play out, but those are the two scenarios. And uh, if you're looking at your after-hours high, boom, they took it right to 332, had a little bit of a pullback. So 332, 328, you found some buyers under that. Now you're back up again. Someone has someone has an offer. Someone has some stock to sell here at uh, 332. That's two bucks above the all-time high. Uh, I would use that as a, as a soft target. Uh, above that, just, just nothing in there. On a pullback, boom, just based on the after hours and pre-market trading, if you're brave enough to try short in this one, uh, there's been buyers at 328. So a uh, nice move on 64,000 shares, probably some traded after hours uh, too. Uh, but AVGO uh, made trading at a new all-time high. I've always lost a lot of money shorting stocks shorting all-time time. highs. Exactly. Next. Netflix? Well, well, let's stay with the chips because the, yes. chips, right. the chips are hot this morning. It's chip Friday. And for Dennis is going to complain about Intel. I know. Okay. I sold it. I should never sell. Don't sell. That's the moral of the story, right? If you're long-term, just don't sell. Well, here's why. Every sell has been wrong. I told you that. You don't Here's listen. why he shouldn't have sold. <laughs> Trader Vic. He shouldn't have sold because their EPS beat by a lot. A buck landslide. Buck 52 versus buck 25 estimate. Sales beat 20.2 versus $19.2 billion. Uh, so very nice beats for the Q4 quarter. And as far as their Q1 guidance, it was um, well above estimates. The Q1 EPS guidance they gave, they guided a buck 30. The estimate was a dollar and four cents. Their sales guidance was 19 billion. The estimate was 17 billion. And for the fiscal year, uh, the guidance was also higher for the EPS and the sales. And on top of all that, they're raising their quarterly dividend from 31 and a half cents to 33 cents a share. So the chase, the chase bad in that report. The chase is on. We have nine analysts this morning raising their price target. Wells Fargo raises their price target to 70. Roth Capital raises their price target to 75. Mizuho raises their price target to 71. UBS raises their price target to 75. Credit Suisse raises their price target to 75. Um, Namira raises their price target to 74. SunTrust raises their price target, and Bernstein raises their price target. There as well. is there is one there is one though that Loop. is going the other way. Loop, look at Loop. Loop Capital downgrading to sell. Woo! Woo! So contrary. Well, at least they stand out. Yeah, they stand out. <laughs> they stand out. Wedbush maintains they're underperformed, but they raise their price target too. So they still say sell it, but they had to raise their price target up because their price target was so out to lunch. 
everybody had this one wrong, including myself, because I owned Intel down at 50. It had that, you know, down to like the 45 on the really bad report a year ago. And I was like, man, maybe AMD is eating their lunch. Maybe I just, you know, in the wrong stock. And I took a small loser on it. And that was a mistake because obviously it's now $66. So um, I had it wrong and all these analysts had it wrong. Everyone had this one wrong pretty much. You know, there's a lot of ratings on this and there's not a lot of buys. So now, well, there is some buys, but the price targets were way out to lunch. So anyways, everybody had this one wrong. Uh, 68 and a quarter, Triple D. 68 and a quarter was your after. Such a move. Wow. You're buying wow. it now? Think about it. You're coming in and buying it now, Intel? Maybe they keep going and, you know, we have the momentum traders. It was 60 bucks three days ago. This is Intel. You know, it's a huge company. And yeah, it was a great earnings report, but I just can't come in and buy it now. If buying it now, you're doing it backwards. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I was wrong when I sold it down low and I was doing it backwards. So maybe you guys maybe it's gonna keep going, but I'm not coming and buying it now. Uh so there's your target on the upside. And then you are since you made that high, if you're just a shorter term trader here, you're finding support in the lower sixty-six handle. So I think sixty-six has to hold here. I don't think we're going to see that 68 and a quarter just for reasons that, you know, people that got caught up buying it and then people have been waiting, you know, 10, 15 years to sell at that level. Uh, What's the all-time high Intel? I I knew you were I don't think we're there. No, no, you, I, and I I was just going to I think it's like 85, I'm guessing. What is your guess? I'm looking right now. Um, I guess 85. uh, No, it's not that high. I got, uh, let's see here, 75. It's getting there. 75, 75.83. Again, this is a lesson in paying huge multiples for stocks in your long-term portfolio. 20 years later, when you were buying Intel, 100 times earnings back in 2001. 20 years later, you have almost got your money back. Man, you can't pay those kind of multiples. Not in the long-term portfolio. Now it's reasonable. I mean, it's trading like 11, 11 times earnings or 12 times earnings. It's still reasonable. A little cyclical, though. But, wow, that's just incredible. It's been 20 years. Everybody thinks what a fantastic stock this has been. Not if you bought it in the year 2000 or 2001. All so right, all God. the chips are up with Intel. I mean, it's a big you know, indicator for the group. Uh, you can look at NVIDIA trading 1.5% higher. I own NVIDIA still in the long-term portfolio. You can look at AMD trading up another 1%. You can go into the other plays like Micron, Applied Materials, LRCX, all trading higher here in the pre-market, up substantially. Uh, the chips have just been just running and running and running. Western Digital continues to run. Been unbelievable moves in all of the chips. I mean, really, since November, December, these have been the best stocks. American Express? Yeah, we can go to AXP. Uh, um, I was looking for other chip news, but I think that was okay. it, just the Intel and the, and the Broadcom headlines this morning. Um, all right, American Express earnings this morning. Q4 adjusted EPS, $2.03. That's a $0.02 beat on the estimate. Sales, $11.36 billion is in line with the estimate there. So essentially an inline report, a slight beat on that EPS for AXP. Big old move. Uh, well, I wonder what's at 135. JV Spec, you got your book open? I'm, I don't have my book open, but JV Spec's in the chat. Check the book because when stocks are moving up here to the highs, we like to look and just see if there's anything in the book. 
Joel, what were you going to say? 135.27 is where they took it I to. I wonder if there's some size at 135. So nice, never big been up number. there. Curious. Uh, street leaning the right way going into this report. Uh, Stark had a nice run. You're gapping up. 131.57 was the top of yesterday's range. I don't know if you're going to see that, but uh, see what's at 135. See what's at the pre-market high. Once again, falling into an area of no resistance. Big move for AXP. I don't know. You can chase it up here if you want, but making a new poise to make a new all-time high at the open. And talking about big levels, I want to give you two more on two major stocks. Uh, We haven't talked Netflix yet, so let's go there now and talk Netflix. And this 350 level is going to be big for Netflix. It's down $2 here today. It closed right up into into that level. Couldn't get through it. So I got to think there's probably some size size or some sellers up there at the big psychological 350 number because it hasn't been there for a long time. But what a turn, what a move for Netflix well, I want to ask why. What is your thesis on why they all they sold it off on the report? They sold it off ten, twelve dollars, fifteen dollars on the report, and then they just turned around the next day and said, "Nope, we were wrong. Buy the hell out of it." Why? Uh, I'm just throwing a dart here, but wasn't uh, wasn't Mark was Mark Cuban on the day of earnings on CNBC or was he on yesterday? Uh, I I'll tell you why. That's that's this is what the media has said. So it was a little bit of a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. The media says it was because Comcast showed subscriber growth decline in the U.S. And there was an analyst that came out midday and said, this has got to be good news for Netflix. I don't remember who that analyst was. I, I, I don't think that's it. <laughs> that's what the media is trying to say it was. And I'm not saying that was what it was either. It sounds kind of ridiculous that that was, a, but maybe that was a little bit to, you know, to make it move a little bit more. They're saying the weak Comcast numbers were the reason that Netflix was up. I think it's just the fact that this market is funny. It turned around. It's the buy the dip mentality. So maybe you have a little bit of you know dip buyers coming in and then it starts going. And then you get this analyst you know, chiming in and saying, this has got to be good for Netflix. Now we got a catalyst. Let's go. Let's squeeze whoever shorted this thing yesterday. So you, know, you can have short-term traders that are shorting it you know, because they think, okay, well, there's a bad report. It's going to continue to leak. All those traders who shorted the day before are caught bad here because it really did not. It really did not pull back from 325. Look at this intraday trade and show it from 320. Showing it right now from 325 to 345. You had like maybe a little two point pullback from 337 to 335 in there. That was straight up rip and rally. Like the, the professionals, when they're short and stuff, they look for the pullbacks when they're caught. They're looking for a pullback to cover, a pullback to cover. You really didn't get it. You got a little bit 345 to 340, but then just start ripping again. So there is now people who were shorting the day before that are caught in this. You can't look at short interest for this information. We're looking at the day traders that were shorting it from the day before. I believe that they are caught. Jeremy Newsom looks at stuff like this all the time. I agree with him. He finds it in the charts. I find it just like logically thinking about it. I think there's some people caught short here. I think Netflix can take out 350. Um, I don't think it's giving it back. So I'm going to stay, I stay, you know, neutral in my stance to Netflix yep. because, but, but overall, um, you know, I, I'm more leaning to the buy side here. I don't think this is going to turn around soft 20 points today and give it back. I think this could continue. So I gets up through 350. This thing could be at 360. Look out on Netflix. I think that, uh, you know, the last theory, you know, the bad day off the earnings opens lower, goes down to buck. The shorts are like, okay. Maybe I'll buy some at three twenty three fifty. That was low on uh, Wednesday. Uh uh-uh, uh, it turns around 
and then you know they were scrambling. So I, I agree with that. A lot of people were working, looking for the follow through on the earnings, and then you know you get a. You know, I mean, I don't know how much it takes you know to move that stock, but you know if someone starts to come in and buy you know twenty twenty five thousand shares, I don't know what the Dennis, what's the liquidity. Is it like how oh, much? it's got volume. Like, okay. you, I mean, to buy 25,000 shares of Netflix, you got to work it. It's not okay. like, oh, I'm going to throw a 25,000 share order and buy that. The thing's 100 by 100 a lot of times. So you, yep. you'd, you'd have to really work okay. it. Um, but if you have institutional buying, you know, there's algorithms that will, you know, obviously buy. Pull, and, you know, you see movement like that and you think maybe it's an institutional algorithm that's just buying it. Because, you know, to be straight up like it was. It was. In any regard here, this candle trapped everyone. Everyone who had a bearish thesis is right now worried. So it's pulled back two bucks here this morning. In my opinion, I think short-term Netflix goes higher. I think we're going to see 360. I would do a bet with you right now. Three, four, if you want to take it. I don't know if you do because it sounds like you're on the same side as me. But we're at 347. I will easily say 357 before 337. Ah, hands off. I don't do bearish bets anymore. Yeah, I think you're on the same side as me. So you just yeah, want to bet. Yeah, it's <laughs> always wanted to bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, anyway, I think this thing goes higher. Um, what, Short term what trade here. I think the thing goes higher. My opinion. Let me grab my calculator. Here. I have no position in it. I don't know if I'll put a position on after the open, but right now I have not. So I can freely talk about it. Well, so the old time high is 423.21, right? And then, well, that's a long ways out of play. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what I'm trying to figure here, champ. And it went The down. next stopping point really is all those highs at 385. So if you really rip through 355, 360, you start thinking maybe you could go all those highs at 385. Go out to the weeklies or even the monthlies and you look, that's where we topped out at the end in 2018 or in the fall of 2018. And then multiple times in the summer, 385 was the major resistance point. That's your next major. If you get through 350, 350 is your first level. You get through there today, your next major, major resistance point is 385. There's some room to the upside here. You know what? And uh, being after the fact, Jack, here, I'm just looking at that old-time high made in June, right, at uh, 423.21. And then the low on the correction was down at uh, 231. Your 50% retracement of that move came in at 327, right? And look, look what – you know, I mean, it's a $300 stocks. Your last two days lows, you know, within three, four bucks of that area. So, man, you know, not banking on holding that 50% going up. I looked on the monthlies and there's nothing on the month monthlies until 384.75. I'm sure you can drill down and find some other levels there's there. There's some but, room here. Yeah. I would be very scared if I'm short this. I agree. That's what I'll say. I'll be very, I would be very scared if I was short this. To, to go down like it did, catch a few more shorts, people sink in the earnings, and then to rip it right like that on that big of a candle the next day after the earnings? Eee, sounds scary. Scary to be short. All right. Next. next, 828. Spoo, why are they so quiet here? Is, are all the big Spoo traders, like, are they watching and listening to the show and not trading? I mean, what's going on here? I think here? so. They're just trying to get a feel. We haven't set our thoughts on this. Okay. Hey. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> 333 <laughs> even. That puts you up seven bucks on a session. Let's go uh, to a couple of earnings reports that, uh, that are moving here. I want to go to Adelassian, ticker is T-E-A-N. Nice pronunciation. Uh, I was impressed with that pronunciation as well. I 
It's called what? team because I don't even attempt. I call it Altassian. We should call it Lassie. This Maybe is... it's called Lassie. I think the bar is low. I like Lassie. That's, that's Spencer, that journalism like major. That's, that's where that comes from. The, He's, the way he does, the way Spencer Israel pronounces those drug names, okay. I've always been impressed. That's Spencer Israel. Like me and Joel, we're not that. Uh, I don't know about Joel, I guess, but I can imagine that myself. I was never very good at English. Did you do good in English, Joel? Did yes, you, I did. I even did that wrong. Did you do well in English? <laughs> yeah, except it's for that. Yes. What I was did your well other subject, math school. or English? You do English good? I did well in everything Joel says. He's still bad about the spell. Oh, I knew you were going to mention that. Three, but. Haley <laughs> England knocked me out of the number six spot. I can't believe it. I didn't make the finals. I didn't uh, finish seventh. Oh, I, that was like one of the biggest biggest upsets of all time in spelling bees. But anyways, right. go ahead with um, Artesian Corp here. Yeah, me, me English, good. Uh, the bottom line here is their adjusted EPS beat the estimate by $0.10, cents, $0.37 cents or $0.27. Cents. Sales also beat $408 million versus $388 million. So nice Q2 beats. Q3 uh, guidance was... Uh, it, we'll call it in line. The EPS was a smidge light, but the sales was in line. So we'll call it in line guidance and in EPS beat for team up, what, uh, up 9%, 8%? Big move. Something like that. Yeah, well, it's not Big a move, hot stock. Is this all-time highs, Joel? I got to go to my monthly. 149.50 so we'll was, was your pre-market high. Close to it. Yeah, was your pre-market high. And uh, – Oh, what do you know? In July of 2019, you topped out of 149.80. So there it was. If you were quick enough to take a look at your monthlies and look at that, get order out at 149.5, you would have gotten done, no problem. Uh, leaking now, I'd say if you're a gap go buyer here, holding this 140, let's just call it 144. You got to give yourself a little bit of room here. I think it'll be tough for sledding going back up to match that old time high today. Under 144, look out. You had a big old green bar in the after hours. I don't, you know, the only people that are going to be buying if you don't hold that 144 are people that, you know, got an early short off. So uh, good looking chart here and team, keep an eye. If you do get up, that 149.5, 149.80, that's your pre-market high, and also your all-time high from July of 2019. And then I also wanted to hit on Discover because it's moving the other way this morning. Yeah. DFS down 7.5%, at least last I checked. Uh, their earnings were after the close yesterday. The EPS beat $2.25, beat by a penny. Sales missed 2.94. For $2.95 billion. So it's essentially an inline report for Discover. And then this morning they are getting how many downgrades? One, two, I, I see just two downgrades. Evercore and Piper are downgrading Discover this morning. Uh, Evercore to underperform, Piper to neutral. How much mm -hmm. is AXP just benefiting because they reported second? You always say that. Seriously. Discover is down six bucks. And, you know, this morning down five, six bucks. And last night American Express comes out probably expecting. You know, and obviously these are a little bit di different businesses, but there's a lot of overlap and people do pair them up and compare them. And you see the discover getting hit hard. It's like all of a sudden the expectations overnight drop a little bit lower. Now American Express, which basically if we look here and we just compare apples and apples, discover beats by a penny and American Express beats by two cents. One goes up three bucks. The other goes down six bucks. I mean, maybe there's some other you know stuff devils in the details, obviously, but 
I just look at it here and I think, wow, those reports aren't that different. You wonder if it was reversed, if American Express reported first, and Discovery reported second, if the result would be substantially different. It's crazy, you know, that stuff like that impacts stocks, but I believe it does. What are you seeing out there for a market? Is it pretty wide? Do you have which uh... stock? Discover? Yeah. No, it's pretty liquid. Seventy nine forty eight to seventy nine sixty five. So you're talking thirty seven thousand shares. So it's somewhat light. And obviously, you know, it's only thirty, so it can move around a lot. But it's fairly liquid. I mean, I see twenty two thousand shares offered. Seventy nine ninety eight. There's you know a couple thousand. You could get down three thousand shares by within thirty cents here. That's pretty okay. good for a pre market and discover. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like is not done going down yet. I mean, just Maybe based on, on this 15 minute chart, it just looks like it has some more room to go, even though- I don't see that much really till 75 bucks. I'm not I saying it's going down there, but that's your major, major, super duper, as Joel would say, super duper support down from October. But, you know, you're, 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 you're halfway there. Yeah, I, I'm not coming I, in buying the dip on this one. No, this, this looks a little- Not for me. Um, if you want it- if you absolutely want to test out the waters here at 78.57, uh, that was your low on October 24th. So if it holds that, I mean, this is a big move for Discover. You might get a little bit of rebound under that. You do have some uh, daily lows under you know, 77.83 and 76.56, but you don't have a pair of lows in the same area in the 75 handle. But I don't know, man. They're really beating this up today on the report. Huh? Let's see if it's overdone or not. 835. Do we have no guests? Uh, I am our guest dialing in right now. So let's do one more here. Sure. Let's do, uh, or, let's do. Well, I haven't done uh, Skyworks. Okay. Let's do Skyworks here. I mean, there's multiple headlines on this one as well. So you have the earnings, which they actually bought and then dropped it, substantially dropped it. And then they have this headline that they might buy, you know, a ch uh, one of AVGO's businesses. So there's a lot of headlines going out, a lot of balls in the air on this one too. But the dip was substantially bought in this one. This thing got down last night to, I thought I saw 120. Am I correct? Oh, going from memory. I haven't seen the chart. Saw, I seen the yeah, chart you yet. saw 118 After and a quarter. Yeah, so 10 bucks off the lows. I mean, this is the kind of stock when it's going straight up like this that they will buy a dip in. And they didn't wait till the next day. They bought that thing overnight. The institutional money managers are out there after hours buying the hell out of this dip. So it's already been bought. Can it get back down and come in a little bit? Maybe. I think you got great support down at 120, though. And the numbers for Skyworks, the EPS beat, the sales beat, guidance was uh, higher uh, for the EPS. Let me see sales. if I can. So it was a good Wait. report. Uh, you're still, uh, let's see what happens at Unchanged, right? You've been up. You've been down. You're hanging out. You went off the board at one twenty-eight nineteen. That was right near uh, the high for the day, one twenty-eight thirty-three. So the, there's your big area, pre-market high, way up there. All right, let's bring on our guest now, Evan Schnidman. He is the founder and CEO of Prattle, a text analytics company that goes through uh, statements, corporate statements, central bank statements, and uh, interprets their tone whether they are bullish, bearish, or neutral. Evan, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. How about yourself? All right. Well, we are in an interesting time. I guess it's always an interesting time to an extent, uh, but we're at the start of earnings season here, and we're getting the first 
real uh, in terms of central banks, we're getting the, the first real statements for the year from from the major banks, and we're getting uh, really the, the the flow, the earnings flow is picking up now, and it'll pick up even more uh, next week. But uh, Evan, broadly speaking, here from what you've seen, what has been the general sentiment from uh, companies reporting earnings? Uh, this year and, and as far as what they've said about the past quarter and what, what they're saying about 2020. Yeah. So on the corporate side, we're seeing, we're seeing a couple of things. So obviously, um, you know, we're, the, the preponderance of companies are, are beating earnings, which is always a nice thing. Uh, but it's also important to remember that everybody revised down the guidance multiple times last year. So beating doesn't quite mean as much as it used to. Right. Um, and so uh, what we're seeing in the sentiment is actually kind of interesting. Um, we're seeing a little bit broader dispersion this quarter than, than um, what we saw in the last two quarters. So uh, a little bit more diversity in how much and how positive or negative their sentiment is relative to uh, each other. Um, we're still seeing more companies coming in positive than negative. Um, and the ones that are negative are, are not, you know, we're not, we're not seeing first or fifth percentile, we're seeing 40th percentile. So a little bit below average, but not, not disastrously bad. So I'd say, you know, net, net, everything uh, is look, looking mildly positive here. Uh, do you have like a breakdown as far as like specific sectors or industries? Or is one sector coming off particularly bullish and the, another one particularly bearish? Yeah, so obviously it's early earnings season right now. So telecom is the most, is the most positive right now, um, but obviously that's off, off a pretty small sample size. The one that's got the most, uh, you know, that, that's actually been, you know, seen the most reporting is financials. Um, just they, they tend to report first in the quarter. Um, interestingly enough, small cap and mid cap financials are a little bit more positive than large caps. Large caps are pretty much neutral right now. And when you say um, positive, is, when you say positive uh, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, so the way the methodology works is what we've done is we control for the common quantitative factors that affect price movement. So things like did they beat or miss, what's guidance, ROI, ROA, ROIC, et cetera, right? Control for those factors and isolate in on the residual price movement unexplained by those. The, the 20% or, or so of price movement um, that, that explains why people dial into earnings calls and read transcripts and read research reports. Um, that's what we're focused on. Um, so we're not trying to predict total price movement. We're just trying to say what, what's being said that's not picked up in the numbers. And so that's what, what this reflects is, is what's being said that's not picked up in the numbers. And so that, that neutrality from large cap financials in aggregate um, is, is really reflective of, of the sentiment absent the financial components. We're on with Evan Schneiderman. He's the founder and CEO of uh, Prattle. Any specific companies you want to highlight for us as, as uh, with statements that caught you off guard or that you, th you found particularly insightful for one reason or another? Um, no, I mean, I think that, that this is a, you know, it's a, it's a particularly interesting time of year to be, uh, you know, to, to be looking at, at uh, some of the, you know, we'll, we'll go to the large cap financials. I think that the, um, you know, the JPM obviously had, had a pretty substantial beat. And I, I think that that's actually a really interesting one um, because obviously they're, they're a huge bank. Um, but perhaps the more interesting piece about it was um, with basically all of their core comments. So we extract the most salient remarks in a, in a given earnings call. Basically all of their core comments uh, from, from the earnings call this quarter were actually about revenue. Um, and so they weren't talking about 
forward prospects very much. They were talking about trailing quarter revenue. And so it'll be really interesting to see uh, how much that plays out as, as we look to the rest of 2020. Um, typically, we see core comments that are a little bit more prospective and less retrospective. Uh, JPM's comments were, were heavily retrospective. Uh, how does the generally positive sense compare to prior quarters? Uh, right now, it's, it's pretty much in line with what we've seen the last couple of years. Um, maybe slightly more positive, but it, it's very hard to tell this early in earnings season. Um, ask me again in two weeks, and, I, and I'd have a, a much better statistical sample. Probably a good idea, yeah. So uh, you only, I think, what, like 5 10% of companies have reported so far, so not, limited sample size uh, uh, for sure. Uh, I want to also ask you, Evan, about uh, central banks. You also, uh, your, your uh, software reads through their statements and parses uh, what they said or didn't say for sentiment. And well, what is the general sense? Uh, we just had... Uh, Christine Lagarde from the ECB speak earlier this week. What is the general sense uh, out of that? Yeah, so I, I guess let me let me separate out uh, central banks from from everything going on in Davos. Obviously, uh, you know, right. the two are linked, but not but but not necessarily uh, side by side here. So um, <clears throat> so setting aside some of the things that the world leaders are saying, um, you know, absent central bankers uh, lo looking looking only at the central banks. Uh, you know, what's interesting is. Obviously, like like most of the rest of the world, um, central bankers are pretty quiet over the holidays and, and really only picked up steam here in the last 10 days. Um, and so, um, so far, when we look at, well, we'll start with the Fed here. Um, in January, we're seeing more diversity in their, their language than we've seen basically since any point since September. Um, so we see a broader uh, spread from the most hawkish to the most dovish communications. Um, we'll see if that keeps up throughout the rest of the quarter. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, my suspicion is it won't, um, but in aggregate, trend has fallen a little bit from where it was at year end. Um, we'll see if that persists as well. Um, when we look to the ECB, um, ECB is in aggregate neutral at the moment, although trending upward a little bit, uh, trending to be a little bit more hawkish, um, which is, is probably not positive for the Eurozone. We're on the line with Evan Schnidman. He's the CEO of Prattle, and uh, you were uh, recently joined hands with LiquidNet. So uh, tell us how that's been going, how the integration is working, and uh, how the customers of, uh, of LiquidNet are using your data. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we were very fortunate. Uh, we were acquired, Prattle was acquired by LiquidNet last year, and uh, we're now part of a new investment analytics initiative uh, within LiquidNet. So in addition to, to the core trading applications, um, one of the things that, that's been part of the, the LiquidNet journey for the last few years has been adding increased analytic capabilities. So it started with, with the acquisition of, of OTAS a couple of years ago, um, and then Research Exchange and Prattle most recently. Um, and so putting together pre-trade analytics, research, and natural language processing capabilities. Um, really, the idea is to get the, to get the trader, the PM, the analyst all on the same page and looking at the same information all in one stack. And so uh, we're, we're working on this new investment analytics initiative, and we're, we're excited about uh, putting this all in one place and having giving people the ability to actually get the information they need and not a bunch of, of junk they're not going to look at um, and getting it all, all delivered to them 
in, in a concise format, an alert-based format. Um, they can be notified about the, the, the ticker that, that they care about, about and, and be able to drill down into not only the analytics, not only alternative data and market data, but also research itself. And so um, all that's being unified together. And so um, and that's where, where a lot of my time and energy is going these days is uh, taking a lot of the tools we built with Prattle, analyzing both corporate communications and central banks and, and applying that to the, the broader research space, broad, broader technology space, and, see, and seeing ways we can deliver that directly to the PM, the analyst, and the trader. So from an operations standpoint, are you, you know, do you have several people listening? I mean, there could be what, two, three, four, five, you know, earnings calls going on at one, at one time. Do, do you have, you know, do you just wait? Are you have a big enough team to listen to all those calls? And then uh, continuing with that question, you know, are you providing instant analysis and people are like hitting the button and doing trades based on this? Or is it more you aggregate the data on Thursday, and then you get it out to your people on Friday, and then they make their trading decisions on uh, on Friday. I'd say it's it's somewhere in between. So uh, essentially, we're it, we're aggregating the data. We do uh, right now. We're still reliant on transcripts of earnings calls. Right now, we're okay. not doing real time analysis. However, uh, stay tuned. Uh, that that's that's in process. Okay. Um, and so, um, but you know, we've, we've got the capabilities to do that. It's, it's really just being able to do it at scale. Uh, as you said, it's, the, you know, you're looking at, uh, we, we cover every publicly traded company in the US. Um, within the next few months, we're expanding to cover all of Europe as well. Um, and so our, our plan is to go global within, uh, within the next year. And, uh, and that'll include uh, increasing our speed to market as well. So um, we can have analytics provided to folks during the earnings call. Um, and and that, okay. that's really one of one of the, the the big parts of this initiative is is being able to deliver that that those analytics that content that information uh, in real or near real time. Okay, uh, uh, Raz uh, Jason Raznick um, in the pre market chat today, and he wants you to he wants a big hello to you. Says hi and uh, big fan of uh, your product. Um, what else? There was one other thing that I want. Oh. Do you, do you put on any emphasis on who is speaking? Like, you know, maybe, you know, um, all of a sudden, not necessarily changes in the company, but, you know, maybe one person uh, did do so well on an earnings call. Do you, do you put it to any emphasis on the who and in the, in the delivery, or is it strictly the, the words in the text analytics? Yeah, so we definitely we put a lot of stock in who's speaking. Um, really? So okay. yeah, yeah. So we actually we residualize on a per speaker basis. So what that means is we actually track how each person compares to themselves over time. So um, it's uh, yeah. So we're actually when you when uh, when you get a report from us, you're not only getting a singular score. We're also identifying who spoke, what percentage of the time, and the sentiment of every speaker. So on an earnings call, that means both corporate officers and analysts. And we actually break it down even further, um, identifying the prepared remarks as separate from the Q&A, because of course, um, they're, they're just structurally quite different. And so really our objective is, is to give people the information that they would, that they would glean if they were a, a human being capable of being comprehensive and unbiased and were dialed into this earnings call themselves, right? And so we do all that and we extract the most salient remarks, the, the couple of sentences that are most likely to move stock price, most likely to show up 
in an analyst report or a news article, we're extracting those as well. Um, and so really we, we care a lot about making sure that you know, not, not every speaker matters the same amount, not every okay, speaker that's means the same thing. So, yeah. And you can uh, find or learn more about uh, Evan's product by going to prattle.co. Are most of your uh, clients, users, customers, are, are they retail, institutional? Vast majority are institutional. Um, we, we certainly started with the hedge fund market and have expanded a bit to the to the large lung only folks as well. Um, as we you know, as we as we we work our way through the the, the vast liquid net network, um, obviously that's expanded quite a bit. And so, uh, um, you know, we're definitely definitely excited to see how how different types of users are are now using the data. We've even got uh, some of the corporates, uh, the the IROs are interested in what we're saying about them and their competitors, and that's that's become a whole other growth area for us as well. All right, Evan Schnittman, as mentioned, founder and CEO of Prattle. Prattle.co is your site. Evan, thanks for the time today, and have a great weekend. Yeah, thank you. Have a good weekend. All right. Uh, 8.50 now uh, on the clock, and we covered most of the earnings reports I wanted to cover. Uh, here's one, not earnings really related, but a potentially interesting trade this morning. A stock I don't think we've ever discussed on this show. Ever? Ooh, ooh, yeah. Whoa, really? I thought we had discussed every single stock. In the uh, not this one. Cincinnati okay. Give me a Bell. new one. Give me a new one in my universe. I'm licking my chops. Well, you've heard of it. I'm just, uh, C- Cincinnati Bell. CBB. Oh, I've traded it. Yeah, I, 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 didn't say, I didn't say you never traded. I said we never talked about it on the show. <laughs> it's uh, been a long time since we talked Cincinnati Bell. What's going on with Cincinnati Bell? $4 to $13 in a matter of four months? Why have we not been talking about CBB? They received an unsolicited acquisition proposal at $12 a share in cash. And that's why it's trading at 13 That is why it is trading up 13 <laughs> So it's a proposal. So they're saying, ah, we think we're going to get more. Obviously, the, you can see from the gap up before this has been in play. Um, I'm not following the story at all, but just even looking at the chart, you can tell this looks like a stock that's in play. And so they got a $12 bet on the table. It's trading at 13 because they're banking. They're going to get more. What, what's the symbol on this one? CBB. Charlie Bobby Bobby. There's still a bell around, huh? That's kind of interesting. Cincinnati bell. Uh, uh, telephone service in Cincinnati, I uh, understand. Um, trading up, trading at $13. Or longer-term perspective, that's like half of its all-time high, as usual, with these kind of things. It's all you just want to hear some follow-through. You want to hear someone saying, hey, I'll pay $13.50, I'll pay yeah. $14, etc." If not, then more likely these moves you know, can fade on you. Uh, could easily be back at the, well, if it really falls through, then you'd be back at the $8 area. If you feel like getting in where it's got started. This is not trading like it's going to fall through though. So sure doesn't. It yeah, sure looks when, like especially when you're in. trading a buck over the bed. It's sounding yep. like, you remember AXE? How many times they raised the oh, price yeah. on that thing? So AXE was going to get taken out at 85, then it was 87, then it was 90, then it was 92, then it was 95. Then it's now, I think finally they figured it out. I don't know if it's a hundred bucks or what it is. The stock's at 99.12, but kind of feels, you know, and obviously I haven't been following the story here at all, but I mean, these things can happen where, you know, you have different bids, you're getting a little bidding wars or, um, you know, they just keep raising the prices. You have, um, you know, when you have a period where the company can go out and seek other offers, which they did in AXE, and then they get one, the other company has to pay out more. I mean, we saw the AXE bid raise five, six times. That's a lo- that's 
the most uh, that I've seen in a stock in a long time. I don't know if that's going to happen in CBB, but I'll tell you, the investors that are paying 13 right now with the 12 on the table are hoping that's what's going to happen. Uh, I just asked. Yeah, I had one I wanted to bring up and I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> oh, Boeing. That's what it was. Boeing. Well, oh, yeah, this was yeah. a reversal day for it yesterday. Yeah. So we haven't talked Boeing. This was a huge candle for Boeing. I'm not surprised it's getting follow through here this morning. Uh, BA trading up in the pre-market, another $4. Give us the headline that drove it first yesterday and then we can give our, our, give our technical thoughts. Well, there's always headlines, but the one you're referring to is probably the CEO saying that the dividend is safe. Yes, that's exa exactly the headline that I'm referring to. And what time was that specifically? So you can see it on the chart. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I don't I know. I mean, it started climbing all day. So um, I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus because there's like 50 headlines from Boeing yesterday. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know what time. Anyways, anyways they're saying the dividend's safe. Um, there, is, there was worries about the dividend, but now the CEO comes out and says it's safe. You know, they might have to raise some cash. Again, what I've said before is the max I still believe will fly again. In my opinion, I believe the plane's going to fly again. It's a temporary problem, much like, you know, this virus. I believe the virus is going to get in control too. So sometimes you get opportunities to buy good companies when they're having issues. I think Boeing is one of those cases. I think people are going to be happy if they're buying Boeing in the low 300s. Um, but you never know. I mean, if the max keeps getting pushed out and doesn't fly again, then it's got serious cash burn problems right now. So, but the market's always going to be ahead of that. So it's not like you can wait until the point where, okay, now they're saying it's official, the plane's coming back. The stock will already have rebounded by then. So this is just speculation. This isn't going to last forever. And there's people saying the hell, the stock is cheap if you consider this max getting back into the air. Two and a half percent dividend is still safe too. I think there's major support down at 300. I, there was major support at 320, which it obviously took out. Joel anticipated that while on the show saying it was gonna take it out that day and it did. Now you got the major support down at 300, but the bounce yesterday will spook shorts a little bit. Yeah, that was a, a undercut and rally there yesterday. Cause you Those took are, out- the, the, Gil yeah. Morales style. Yep. Yep. Gil loves that. And, you know, of everybody we get on the show, I mean, Gil is excellent. When you bring Gil on, I think everybody's listening in. And he, the, the, the one good thing I will say, because Gil's textbook, obviously we know, you know, his history, he's been on the show multiple times. But he, the one thing that he does very, very well is he adjusts his technical analysis strategies for the environment. And in 2018, remember he was saying breakouts are not working. It's, you know, it, it breaks out and then it comes back. Those are actually selling opportunities. It's different right now. And I'd be curious to bring Gil back on the show to see because sure. breakouts have been working in 2020. They have been working for the last month. They've been working very well, but they were not working in 2018, 2019. For about a year and a half to two years, breakouts were tougher to trade. It was the fade trade that was working, but we're kind of moving back and it's full on momentum you know, driven by the dip market. And you're seeing breakouts start to work on stocks there too. This undercut and rally, though, is a classic Gil Morales trade where you see, okay, everybody get them from the day before, then we'll rip their face off a little bit. I mean, Netflix is kind of the same story as well. Undercut, you know, the, re the day's low, and then turn around and rip it in their face. And now you caught everybody short from the day before. So that's why I think, you know, like I was saying, I think Netflix continues higher from here, too. Boeing's already up another $4. Can I chase it now? Probably not. But I don't know if you're going to get a substantial pullback of like $10 or $12 to jump in here either. Again, headline-driven stock, though. So headlines could change everything on this. Uh, man, this is a big day for it. 
a big, big day for it with uh, old support, new resistance, right? And you poked your head above it today, uh, traded in the 320 to 322 range. So let's see. I mean, let's see if, uh, you know, all the people that, I mean, a lot of stock was bought in this area, 320, 322, 323. I think today, if it could like hold above there, then it's a really good thing. Uh, if not, if this was to pull back, um, you're gonna find you're gonna find buyers. People are gonna feel like they list, you know, missed the low of the, low of the move yesterday at three hundred two fifty seven. But uh, be very interesting if it closes above three twenty today for Boeing BA. Um, Dennis, quick look at imbalances. What do they say? This yeah, week? we haven't looked for a while. Yeah. They are mixed. General Electric, 161000 to buy GE with a big move there yesterday. Was it an upgrade? Upgrade yesterday? Morgan Stanley. Yeah, it was a big upgrade. Yeah, upgrade moved it yesterday there. Bo Boeing doesn't hurt either. I mean, you have a little bit of a Boeing trade on this. I mean, it's a small portion, but they obviously do have some parts that go into the max. So there's a little bit of that there as well. I think, was our buddy Tusa, was he saying something? I, I, heard, I just saw him on my Twitter stream a little while ago. I don't know if he chimed in here or not, but I heard there was some commentary from him this morning. Okay. Anyways, uh, I, I saw it go by the Twitter stream. I don't think he came out with anything, but I think he was commenting. All right. Do you want to do, uh, let's do one more earnings report here and uh, let me uh, pull up the stock in the, uh, the, the messy uh, brokerage space. Um, you have uh, E-Trade. Uh, we have it trading in the red here. Let me uh, pull up the report for you. This all. is interesting. Give us the report. I got a, I got some comments here. Sure. E-Trade. You so, got ETFD. a comment, Dennis? Okay. Uh, they beat by two cents. Uh, estimated revenue coming in at 82 cents. They came in at 84 cents. Uh, they also, that was for EPS. On revenues, they also, you know, eked out about a, a small beat, uh, six, 668. I've got a miss on ETFC. And I, don't, I don't know where you're reading, but I, this I is got 82, I got 76 80. I haven't adjusted. Oh, really? So that's why we have Spencer read the numbers. I, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, <laughs> I, had, I stepped away to grab. Do you have a Do you have a miss or a beat? Because I have a miss. So Joel saying yeah. it was a beat. I, I have I have an EPS miss and a sales beat. Hmm. Sales beat. Well, I don't know where you're looking, but the pro, which I trust my trusty Benzinga Pro, says 76 versus 82. So that sounds um, like a miss to me. Well, pull it. You want a bad steak dinner? That it doesn't say that. All right. You know what? <laughs> you're, you're, you're challenging my you're, vision. You're probably looking in different places. <laughs> so. I'm looking at ETFC at 406, 76 versus 82. All right. All right. There is a... No, I don't know what you're looking at. There's Look at a, the calendar. Okay. There's a slight discrepancy. Okay. I'm, I'm going to explain this right now. The, the, okay. news feed, the news feed and the calendar say two different things. So... I, I don't look at the calendar. I look at the news feed. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, the calendar says 84 cents versus 82 cents. The news feed says... Uh, 76 cents versus 82 cents. So one of those is not right, and the news desk is working on this right now. Uh, that, that that that's what I'll say. All right. So uh, anyway, so Brent says, we're both right. "Listen, no, you're not." Brent says, "Brent, head of our news desk, has defer to the calendar." Calendar. So in this case, Joel is correct. Joel, congratulations. Why is the stock down a buck then? Don't ask questions you don't know the. I don't know the <laughs> answer. <laughs> I know the answer because they missed. Okay. Uh, fine. <laughs> All right, I already I'm got my steak dinner out all of right. it. 
Wait, I, I want to bring on ETF uh, FC. Is that E Trade? Yeah, talking? that's E Trade. Okay, they're down a buck just by reading the synopsis that I read last night. Is because they're spending they're spending a lot more money on trying to take advantage of the Schwab Ameritrade deal. So they're going to spend a lot more money in R and D, and some investors don't like that. Is my is my assumption, but I don't know. This is Jason Rasling, everyone. Our CEO, Jason. Do you want to sit and yeah, sit down, Jason? We haven't talked to you for a while. We got to get we got to get Jason. We've been trying to get you on the show. You're hard to buck. We've been trying to get Jason Rasnick on the show here for like a month and a half. I've and we got to get. I, I've been in Jamaica and Hawaii after Tesla's done what it's done. I've been. On I, that's what I'm saying. We got to get you on to get your thoughts on Tesla. First of all, are you still riding this gravy train? This has been a gravy train for you. I bought it at $38.76. I have not sold one share. Look at this. But Warren Buffett. We're sitting here with Warren Buffett. That's impressive, though. I mean, I've, I could learn something from you because I suck at holding. Uh, well, unbelievable. The I, Tesla I, move. I, I sold. Five seventy-four. I, I haven't sold one. Show me. Let me even fix it. I sold. I sold some shares at one sixty-eight, and then I. Oh, he did sell some shares. And then, no, no, no. I rebought them back. I'm like, what was I doing? Because I was trying to buy another stock big. So then I rebought them back at two twenty. All of it and call options. I've been on the show numerous times. There's recordings. I've been going crazy on the show about how everyone should be in Tesla, and to the point with that, I was taken aside by our lovable. Teddy bear Spencer Israel. He took me aside <laughs> after the show about a year or two ago and said, Jason, you shouldn't say things on this show that you don't believe just to get like, you know, reaction. I'm like, cause I was like talking about Jim Cramer. How he's, you know, more animated. And I said on the show a year and a half or two years ago, I said this and it's, it's recorded. I said, there'll, there'll be a model three Tesla in every single parking lot that has over 500 cars. There'll be a model three Tesla in every single parking lot. Spencer Israel took me aside and said, Jay, I just don't think you should say stuff. You don't believe. I'm like, don't believe. I'm never going to leave this down. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and I, I, go, I go, don't believe. Are you kidding me? No. It, it makes no sense to me why someone would not buy a Tesla right now. It just doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. And it makes, and then the valuation and all this stuff, you got like the things that people don't realize is this is so disruptive to the old way of doing things. If you look at a Nokia phone, you look at a, a LG or Samsung, then a company called Apple comes around and introduces an iPhone. And you're like, wait. So these car, like, it's a whole new way of doing things. Think about this. You want a car? I go on the website. I order how I want the car, and it comes to me. Now, if you have a GM or a Ford, they have legacy dealerships everywhere that compete with each other. You know, per city, it's crazy. They're never going to be able to cut into the 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 way that Tesla has, um, you know, done this in a customized way. It's the dream that Cars Direct, their 25 years ago, Bill Gross from IDLab tried to create. No one has been able to do this except for Tesla. And that's not it. There's more. There's a lot more. So um, <laughs> in two months, there's a investor day, a battery investor day, which I think I will be at this year. And, um, and what they're going to talk about is their new technology for batteries that are just going to be so crazy. And it's going to get rid of that range anxiety. Tesla, the, the, my guy, who's the smartest guy I know on Tesla, who gives me my color on Tesla, the smartest guy I know, every single other day when Tesla was at $200, he margined his whole account and put everything in Tesla. I, I didn't go that hard. I didn't go that hard. He <laughs> it's like uh, diversification out the window. I'm getting that. rich. Oh, I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not recommending. I'm not looking for people to buy the stock. When like I'm just telling you my opinion. So when, when Spencer took me aside to reprimand me about saying my opinion, I'm just saying my opinion. I'm not telling you to buy the stock. I mean, listen, the stock market 
you know, what, what is it? What's that for like a fortune telling thing that Warren Buffett has like in the short term, it's a weighing machine. I don't know. Something like that. You, I can't predict the movement. Yes. It has risen a lot in a, sh in a short amount of time. It's actually annoying. But one of the reasons it rose, it's actually annoying. it is because was, really he's long. It's annoying that I'm making too much annoying. money. No, because I, was buying, I hate that. I hate that. When stocks I, I, was buying, I hate that when my stock goes up too much. No, but I was buying more and here's the problem. So China, I was watching, there's drones that were videoing the whole thing about the China development. I knew that the thing was way ahead of schedule. Everyone, like a lot of the insiders, like people that follow it closely, that's what drove the stock from like 270 after the earnings to like 360. And I'm like, I already knew that. So another thing, there's a battery investor day that no one's talking about. It's not in the market. It's not in the stock. That's going to remove range anxiety. I don't want to say more because I don't want to speculate on something I don't know about, but I just think it's going to remove some of that range anxiety. And the one more thing on the, on the whole Tesla story, the Model 3 doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of people. They're bigger. They need more room. They have kids. They, I get it. It's not a car for everyone. It reminds me of like the old Neons a little bit. The Model Y is that car. Like that's the car. If I was to get a car today, I'd get the Model Y. It doesn't, it's not out there right now, but I'd get the Model Y. What, um, what about the other electric companies? I mean, do you, yeah, electrical both, vehicle Volkswagen companies. Volkswagen has their own. The Ford's working on it. Uh, well, yeah, competition in electric vehicles. Yeah. Do you think that's an issue here, Jason? Absolutely. One decade, one decade. Tesla is a decade ahead of everyone else. So the BMW just stopped doing their thing. Remember the Bolt? Remember GM's savior? They introduced a Bolt. Total, total and utter failure. Every single company, Volkswagen just suspended their thing another year and a half, two years. The, what, this is what the crazy thing is and what people don't realize. And when it was at $210, went down. And, and I don't know if you guys remember, it was like, I think it's a raised debt. Is Tesla going under? All these things on CNBC, everything were just like, Tesla, Tesla's going under. This, they have no money left, okay? The thing that people don't realize is Tesla is a decade ahead. There, you guys, one thing no one talked about, they created their own chip for automated driving. The guy um, from Arc Investment, they hired the guy that was the analyst on um, what, 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 NVIDIA. He was the, worked at NVIDIA. This, the chip on Tesla is so far away ahead of anyone else. There's no one that is even close in terms of, yes, there'll, there'll be other electric cars. There will be. But they're not going to come out in two, three, four years. It's going to be keep delaying, delaying, delaying. The I twenty, this thing's got delayed. Ford, you know, is coming out with the the what's the Mustang and electric. I mean, where are these cars on the road? Where are they? Where are they? And something that Elon Musk describes by guys, if it's not ten to hundred x better, you're not going to switch to it. So everything he does is to, um, you know, to you know, impact the user in a big way. So honestly, horns are really annoying, I think. So now in one month, our horns, we're able to change the colors of the horn, change the noises of the horns. You're going to be able to do other things and put little messages outside it. He makes the car. <laughs> messages, move, please. <laughs> that's, the, that's the last thing I think I need. Move, please. What, huh? what, about, move, this, please. Uh, what about this NIO stock? A lot of, we, we, we don't talk about it a ton on the show. It's had a big it, it, move. It, it, it's the, China, the Chinese Tesla, Jason. That's what they say. Is this true, though? That's what they said. I, I don't know. Do you follow I, that company, Jason? Neil? No, um, but I'll find out for you guys because I, I have two of the mo I have two of the smartest lecture people in. Ask the world. Ask about Neil. I will. Um, uh, yeah, ask and, about Neil. And like some of the people that you see on CNBC that talk about Tesla, they're coming to me for information, and then they go on and say it on the show. I, I swear, I get it all the time. Um, so the the go for the thing in the chat room. I want to give you. Uh, I'm going to answer your question. The it's not autonomous Ubers. I mean, Tesla believes that they're going to be the 
market for that and you're not going to even be in the uber thing that tesla thinks it's going to be you know you're gonna take your tesla from wherever and it's going to be autonomous but the truth is guys anyone wants to go on it i drove here this morning i drove on the expressway i didn't touch the wheel i mean i i didn't look i didn't have to look i mean you've touched the wheel every two minutes to shake it to make sure that you're not sleeping but I was tired. I wanted to show my eyes for a little bit, you know, so the wheel thing. It sounds so crazy, but when sometimes the Tesla thing doesn't let you do the auto thing because of whatever. And it's annoying because I feel less safe. I feel way safer when the auto drive is on because if the car slams its brakes in front of me. It happened yesterday. It was the first time that like, I really thought I almost rear-ended a car. Car slams its brakes in front of me. The Tesla thing beeped. Thank God, Tesla, because I, I didn't have the auto drive on. And I almost, I almost rear-ended the car in front of me yesterday. And if I didn't hear that beep. So I, it, will, it will let you know if the car is slamming on the brakes, even if it's not an auto drive. It saved me from rear-ending the car yesterday. Like, so, um, yes, it gives, like, these six beeps. You can, you can make your settings sensitive, middle, or, you know, whatever. I make it sensitive because I don't want to rear-end a car. Before the Tesla, I had a Chrysler 300C. Um, I don't know if you guys know what a 300C is. And um, I um, – or – and or, yeah, I think that's what it was. And um, it didn't do that. And I re-earned I re a few cars, I would say, in my time. <laughs> Jason needs autonomous driving. <laughs> All right. He's, I got something on my side. What about a target? Right, is this just something you're going to pass on to your kids, uh, you know, Josh and Riley? Or do you have a target? I mean. For the stock. So yeah. Spencer Israel, this is, you know, I'm going to call him negative Spencer. Oh He's gosh. the guy that, you know, said the Model 3s and everything. So he came to me yesterday and said, Jason, I just think when they report earnings, they're not going to be as great as everyone thinks, and people are going to sell the crap out of it, okay? So what I'm doing there is I'm going to use options to hedge my position. I'm not. I'm going to hedge a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to hedge to protect uh, the upside. The target on it, um, I never put price targets on stuff. Like when I went into, when I went into HubSpot pretty hardcore, I went into HubSpot because I see a trend of companies not wanting to use Salesforce, and what was the alternatives, and HubSpot was the only one. And did it rise from 60 to 200 quickly? Yeah. So price targets are hard. But what I would say to you is um, take Uber's valuation. Take, so take, look at Uber. Look at these other car companies. And then take that model and say there's 15 million cars sold, new cars a year, and there's all these used cars. And figure, you know, taxis, this whole thing, and, and Tesla's the leader in autonomous driving. I see this company being at $500 billion um within the next i don't know three to six years that's almost three thousand so, dollars a share yes i know and, and that'd I, be incredible and i know it's a low price target i get that um i know it's low, <laughs> you know, um, i know it's lower than Catherine's um from arc investment she's at six thousand but with the model that you know she i want over her model i'll go over my model sometimes that's where it's at but i i don't want it to keep going up right now. I want it to go down because I want to take advantage of the things and buy more. I was really bad at buying options on it. My uh, January's expired and I bought them and I spent a lot and they expired. I had the wrong, I didn't do it right. So I want to then go out for enough. What's and uh, one thing I just wanted to mention uh, what, uh, what Raz said, and it just so, kind of uh, reminds me of what Jerry Parker said yesterday. Don't be afraid to get back in. So he sold some stock for whatever reasons, think it was breaking down. And he wanted to get back in, and he had to pay up for it. And I think that's one of the hardest decisions really you know, hard. investing in trading. You know, it's like, oh, I missed it. I'm going to wait for it to come back to 180. You know, 
essentially he took a loss, looked at, you know, where it reestablished position. So Joel, that was something Jerry Parker talked about yesterday. Joel, with Jerry Parker, what you're talking about, it was even worse. I didn't realize at the end of the year, because I, you know, for taxes, the guy's like, I owe this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I owe, you know, he's like, you sold your Tesla, like the 38 to one, you know, and I only yeah. sold like a, like a month time frame, and it really, it really effed me up there. But you, you realize the game. Yes, and I didn't realize that what I was doing, so that was stupid. But um, hold forever, you know, pay those tax bills. I think it was Spencer, <laughs> exactly. I think it was Spencer Israel that came into my account and did it. But um, I know <laughs> I got I got it. There's a guy in the in the chat room, guys, on the pre market prep chat room, premarket.benzinga.com. The, um, the spinner, I think it was. Yeah. So I have some buddies that are selling the one thousand dollar strike price that expire next week, I guess, or this week, or something um for like 50 cents tesla's not hitting a thousand dollars this week or next week there are option plays when, when when the market is euphoric on a stock like it is on tesla right now i mean it's too euphoric you know the it is right now the euphoria it's just night and day if you guys went on twitter or went on facebook there's a guy roberto padone and much other people that just ripped on me and said like uh, you know he's a fraud i didn't want to say another guy who you can go look at his twitter all this stuff and when it's so euphoric like this now, they've all switched. They've all liked Tesla now. It's crazy. I, I'm like, I'm like, I can't even believe it because I have text message with these people. Like I said, you know, whatever. But when it's so euphoric, there's options, there's opportunities in the options market to sell to people who are just willing to pay, you know, a dollar for a thousand dollar thing. And you can hedge yourself too and buy the calls because if it really does do that, there's ways to hedge. So I try to look at opportunities like that with Netflix, Tesla, and other stocks like that where right before the expiration, sell stuff for 50 cents, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know if you ever do that, Dennis, but it's something that I've recently been looking at. What about the charging? Do you, how often do you have to charge it? Do you ever, you know, run into problems? What, you know, have you taken it for long? What's the longest distance you've driven and, uh, and what's the charging situation like? Drove four hours up, up north. I had to stop in Petoskey and charge for 25 minutes at the supercharger at, at Myers there. So, what's that cost? What's it cost? Yeah. Like that. Somebody was asking the cost I, on the show the other day. I got you. I got you. Shut your eyes. What do you see? Nothing for Model <laughs> S. Nothing <laughs> for Model X. Model 3, I think there may be some sort of charge. And then I charge at home. So they don't charge you anything? So you can just go there and charge Wait, for free because you, like you own the car? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Yes. Yes. I don't own the car. I leased the car. It was uh, actually. Okay. I, didn't buy okay. The car. I didn't buy the car, guys. I would have waited another like six months. I got it. What if you, what if, so this is just part of the leasing agreement that you get free charges? No, you bought the car. Same thing, man. You get the, really? Oh yeah. But, but two things, you mostly charge your car at your house or your office. So there's a charger in our office here, basically in every office, but there's a Tesla charger. Okay. Or, or there's a charge point. You could charge anywhere. The, the Tesla superchargers do it in 25 minutes versus a regular charger can take like four hours, but this is what the deal is. Okay. So you get 300 miles basically. In the winter, you get 60, you get 40% less. So my 300 miles I get now, I really only get like 200 miles, 220 miles. Okay, so that's not so great. What happens is if I forget to do it at home and I fall, you know, that I do it in the morning when I get to the office. The charging, yes, there is a fee for it, but figure a gallon of gas costs what? I don't know. What does it cost these days? Two dollars. Two dollars and thirty cents. That's Canadian. Electric charging. I don't know if that's a joke, Joel, but is that Canadian? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was. So electric, it's like 10 cents, like 10 cents. So I charge it at home. They use the same volt, like the 220 volt 
and or whatever you, I'm saying, and it, it charges it in four or five hours. So no, Joel, the answer is if you like my parents and brother and family thought it was a terrible idea for me to get a Tesla, terrible, terrible, because I'm sometimes irresponsible and lose things a lot. And, they thought you're gonna. They didn't think you're gonna lose the car. <laughs> they thought that I would die. The car would die many times. I would oh, charge it okay. because you forgot to charge it. All right, one more question. I know I said one more before. How long have you had it? Uh, two, I got it as a birthday gift on March seventh, two thousand eight. Nice birthday gift. Okay, you so two years, Dennis. Dennis. Here's my question: How? How many times have you had to have maintenance on it? And where where do you go? Where do you, if you, something's broken, where do, you know if something happens to it? Where do you? How many times have you had it? Um, uh, you know, taken it to a no. There's no dealership. What happens? Can you guys hear me better now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The mic need to be closer. I think. Okay. Two things um, on that, Joel. Um, I forgot what the other thing I was going to say, but I can't say it. But okay. So service, I did have a problem and I could play the video, the audio from it where the car was squeaking like an old mattress going up and down, like the worst squeaking noise you could ever imagine. The Ooh. suspension on my car, and if you Googled what it was, a lot of people had the same problem. It was the worst noise you could ever imagine. It was an old creaky bed, like a kid jumping up and down on it. That's what it sounded like nonstop. I played that. I recorded that audio. I called Tesla, let them play the audio. They came and met me in my office. They gave me a replacement Tesla. It was actually a faster version, which I love. So I didn't give it back for like three weeks. I kept making excuses. Oh, so, 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 you so you had to get a new one. You had to get a new car. No, they took my car. Right. They and gave they, you... and the re, they replaced the suspension. Oh, they just replaced the part. Yeah, the part. Okay. Yeah, they replaced it. Um, then, I mean, Joel, you're right. The biggest issue, if we're giving like the bullish and bearish and being totally honest, the biggest issue is service. The other issue I had was like um, – something else. They came to my house. They have these runners in every city. They come to your house a lot and that's how they solve it. But that's hard to do with the model threes because there's so many. So they have a thing in Toledo. You have to bring your car there. It's not the most convenient thing. Service is the Tesla's biggest issue. There's many Tesla owners who got in early like, Oh, the, you know, this car that, you know, the interior isn't that, but there's so many other things that are so great that you would never go back. I mean, Joel, I would love for you to take the Tesla all next week. And then tell me how you feel after that. I don't think you'd give it back. I think you would quit Benzinga and we'd never see you again because you'd, you'd run away. Drive away. You'd you'd drive drive away with Can you, all right. So you bet you have to. Okay. So you, they make you touch the wheel. All right. That's it. That's all the questions I have uh, for Raz. Is uh, anybody in the chat or Dennis? I, I feel like, we're, I feel like we, we kept you kept him long enough. There was one thing I was saying before, I, but I forgot that was interesting. And by the way, guys, like I'm, if, if I knew for sure Tesla wasn't going to go to 500 hours, I would have more. I would have mortgaged it all, right? I, I don't know this. All I know is it's a thing that solves problems, and um, it's a better way to buy a car, and it's cheaper. Like the reason I said I don't know why anyone doesn't get a Model Three is because if you do a lease on a Model Three right now, it's I think three forty a month or something around there. And Jesus, then, and really? But, but, but but let me finish on that. The three forty, maybe it's three eighty. But let me finish on that. You guys, you never, never, ever. Get gas. So now take $100 off or take $150 or take $200 off. So now you're at $240. But let me finish. Is your time important to you? Do you want to go to a gas station and spend 10 minutes or do you want to go use that time to call Brent and say, what up? You know, like, come on. Like, you, time is important. And I'll make one, one more point I'm going to make. There's a person that parks next to me. She bought a Tesla, um, an, a used one, a 2015 Tesla. She drives 70 miles to work each day. That's what she does. 
and it was she was getting gas. She spent like five hundred dollars a month on gas. She's in love. She has her Tesla. She has a charger at home, charger here, and she never has to get gas. She's saving so much money. So what she was paying for her whatever car she had, she's saving money by getting a Tesla. And then you guys are not even talking about the semi trucks. You guys in. Three years. Okay. There's gonna be. T- I'm just gonna. Finish. There's gonna be okay. three. T- he's gonna say things I don't believe again. No, no, no. So, it's not. What I'm gonna so, say. Yeah, you are. No, it's not. So it's semi trucks. No, but it's true. Like the semi trucks, guys. The valuation's high for Tesla from where it's at right now on a on a PE to discounted cash flow model. There is no doubt. But it, it, people bet on the future. Would I be surprised to see Tesla pull back on an earnings thing? Not, a, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I would think so. You guys, this cycle of Tesla euphoria. The Tesla hysteria the other way has gone on five times. I've traded it multiple times in that way by playing options. It went to 340, then it went down to 2890, 200, then 190, 185. It's happened all the times. I would not be surprised to see a big Tesla pullback, but like I'm in it for the long term. I'm in it because I know that the I know the world's gonna follow, and I and I I know there are certain stocks like that. When I bought Google in IPO, I just I never sold a share of it. Because I, it's the world's going to follow on stuff that people that can build great products. It's why Benzinga Pro, we're going to keep building. And people who are using Bloomberg are going to switch to us. They are. We're going to be there. We're going to be the leader. And the world's going to follow. But, you know, it takes time for the world to catch up. We all are used to a, the same custom thing we do each day. I would love for Joel to take the Tesla for a week next week and give his opinion and see what he thinks. And I bet you he, he doesn't go back to another combustion engine car again. It's just so inefficient. So. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, Benzinga Pro, uh, we talked to Neil yesterday, and um, and uh, we got a coupon code uh, for you all, and uh, I can really? drop it. Yeah, yeah, for uh, anybody that uh, is going to try out uh, Benzinga Pro, uh, I will I will put it in uh, the YouTube chat, and then I'll I'll drop it in the pre market chat. And 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 both for trading asked a question. And Benzinga Pro, that's awesome. Joel's giving the discount code. But Benzinga Pro, one of the things we do talk about, like stocks, we don't like say buy them, but we say, hey, Raz is doing this. The stock that I sold some Tesla for was HubSpot, H-U-B-S. That's the last one that I went big on. It's like um, a CRM marketing tool, and all these big companies were moving to it. And it was at 60 or 55 bucks. And um, I even sent an email to the Salesforce CEO and said, you should look at this company. And I know someone that knows him. That's how it got to him. And the stock's now at $182. That stock, when I bought it, it went down. I, I had times when it went down. I got nervous, but then I'm like, you know what? We're using it. It's solving problems. These companies are using it. Eventually, the world's going to catch up. It's at $182. So I try to find positions that I have, I think, an edge on, that intelligence on. I'm not going to always be right. I'm, I'm, you know, when the market's down, again, you guys, I was on the show, I don't know, six, four months ago when Tesla was at 190 know, and Dennis was like, Dude, I'm getting out of this Tesla position. It's, <laughs> Jay's making stuff up now because I wrote puts down there. <laughs> I, I, I got in. You covered yet? You covered up though. He covered up. He no, but Dennis, you did sell one of your things, and I'm like, you should get back in. Remember that you were saying I bought it, and you made some money. And Jason, you've been right about this the whole time. I know. All right. right, but that's and that's you know what? You turn you converted me because I was a Tesla bear for a long time, yes. and I became a Tesla bull because of Jason Rasnick. And I said, I can't stomach the stock. But I think it's going higher. That's what I've been. And if you've been following the show for the last year and a half, I've been on the Tesla bull train. And that is thanks to Jason Rasnick. So thanks for at least allowing me to save face on, on, on Tesla. Because no, I was on the wrong side until you converted me to a Tesla. Dennis, you're 100% right. Everything you said is 100% right. Because you, you, I remember when you, I was on the show and you, one time and you're like, 
I'm going long this thing. And I was like, holy shit. And I remember seeing you at, the, at Joel's kid's wedding. And you're like, and I was like, I felt responsible for, I'm like, I hope it goes up because I can't ever <laughs> up. Like, but Joel, your, your coupon code for Benzinga Pro is getting cut off by our link thing. Is there a, oh, you just click it? Uh, it's still a work. If you, I, I think if you, if it you works, click, you just click it, it works. It works. It goes um, hey, Raz, uh, you did, uh, Lisa, Lisa nibbled in, uh, in some Tesla at 417. So, oh, so she, uh, she happy? yeah, yeah. Well, you know what did it, did you go out to the, have you been out to the mall, um, to the Tesla store there? No, I, I haven't been, Joel, if there's something related to Tesla, I've been there, done that. Like you go, when people leave work, they may go eat and see their families. I, I do Tesla. Yes. I go to the store. They kicked me out. I'm there for so long. All right. I, I take the charging stations from my, when they pull a car out, I put my car there. Like, that's what I do. Like, okay. So oh, what, were you, what were you going to say? Yes. They, they, they got mad at me one time. I'm like, wait, you said it's for Tesla. I mean, this is a Tesla. Why? There's no badge that says it has to be a company owned car. So, um, but we, we're actually hiring someone from there to be doing some writing on Tesla, one of the stores actually very soon. So what, right. what were you going to say? Lisa went to the store and that made her want to buy Tesla. Well, stock. yeah. You know, the, you know how you go out to the Apple store for years at the mall yep. and it's packed and yep. she, and you know, just the, the same theory. So we went to the, I believe it was in Somerset and she yeah. was like impressed with the car, impressed with the store. Well, and uh, Joel, Joel, the big news, I know we have to hang up in 14 seconds, but the, or the satellite con connection goes out. But the big news is Tesla can now sell in Michigan. So yes, that was two days ago. Two days ago, buddy. They've been working on it for years, and they couldn't get it done, and there was a big lobby against it. And it's it's exciting times. But, again, the, the stock has moved quick. And, you know, as Warren Buffett says, when people are selling, you should be buying. When people are buying, maybe you should be selling. I'm not selling, but it's also not something I'm like, I can say it's going to be at 680, uh, you know, in two weeks. I can't, like t I can't forecast that. I just know the long-term trends, and I don't see any other competitor – Coming close to it. You guys may talk about Rivian or the other one. The, they've all been delayed, canceled, problems. There's been no one that's been able to compete. My only ever time that I got really – I got nervous on Tesla was when the COO – when the CTO uh, – what's his name? Bertels, I forget his name. Um, when he left his position. I'm like, what? He was the guy that, like, basically started with Elon. And that was the one time that I, you know, got nervous. And that was the thing that – that's what the Bears all jumped on. And – that was like I was gonna get bigger in it, and then he leaving really kind of scared me. But you know, at any company, at any company, I've learned because I've been around a lot of companies. At any company, the starting people at the company usually change, and not everyone, but some. And that's what happened with Tesla. And um, look at their products. Just look at their products. And if you really want to know, I'll tell you one advantage that I have that I didn't tell any of you guys, and I'll tell it to you right now. If you really want to know why I went so big in Tesla and been such a fan. It's because of a book I read three years ago on, on Winter Vacation by Ashley Vance. We guys should have him on the show. He's a writer of the Elon Musk book, unauthorized biography that he got. Then he got um, Elon to participate. After I read that book, there is no way in a million years I couldn't about Tesla. This guy made a rocket go up to space and land back in the same space. He didn't have money, went to Russia, bought the rockets. And then he had this place, like his place, the facility to blow up. And then NASA tried to ban him. He couldn't, he couldn't fail. My point is, little, he mortgaged everything. He figured out a way to get a rocket open space and land in the same spot, cut the cost down by one hundredth of what it costs to do a rocket launch. After reading that book, I'm like, all right, Tesla is going to be a freaking home run. It was, there was no, there was not, it was, that was the most profitable book I've read in my entire life. 
that is why I got into Tesla originally, just so you guys know. All right. Jason Rasnick, founder and CEO of Benzinga. Thanks for stopping. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, right. Jason. Sorry about the camera. Sorry about oh. the cameras. Uh, hey, Dennis, you do realize the market. It must be a I, slow I've been placing orders. You. I have been doing the orders in the background. So not buying <laughs> Tesla here up here, though, yet. <laughs> All right, guys. Love thanks, you guys. Jason. Thank you. Right. Thanks for support. Send us feedback. And my email is jason at benzinga.com. If you have any questions, I'm available. Um, or text me at two four eight seven six six zero zero. Whoa! No, 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 no! no, no <laughs> we just no. got spammed by a ten thousand oh, spam box. Oh man, he's got his phone enough. Ten thousand. You have to get a new phone line tomorrow, Jason. <laughs> Love you guys. Peace. Bye. So that was it for our show. Uh, I want to thank Jason and our other guest Evan Schnidman. Uh, you can always catch the show on our podcast, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Tune in. Uh, thanks uh, to all of our chatters on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Last thing, please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Last thought here, we are about a month away now from the next Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Miami, February 24th and 25th. Go to benzingaevents.com to learn more about that. That's it. It's about to be the open. So we're going to sign off as the market opens for the final day of the week. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Monday. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.